Hi, I'm Steve Sensenig. And I'm Rayburn Johnson. And you're listening to Beyond the Box. Beyond the Box is a community of people who are learning how to live beyond the limitations of institutional religion. We are searching out a message that is truly good news for everyone. Through discussions, interviews, group casts, and online interactions, we endeavor to foster a safe place to discuss our spiritual journey. We don't have all the answers, but we are not afraid of any question. So, grab a seat, pour yourself a drink, and join in the community that is Beyond the Box. Here we are with Beyond the Box. It's good to talk to you, bro. You doing all right tonight? Beyond the Box, 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 Box. You know what's so funny is <laughs> I have to tell you this. My little boys, um, they when I was working on the new theme song or whatever, they always, uh-huh. anytime I had my headphones on, they always like to come and hear what daddy's listening to, you know. And so they right. heard me doing that echo effect with all the voices or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah. after that, it is so funny. Anytime I'll mention Beyond the Box, one of them will uh-huh. go, Beyond the box, 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 box. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> we'll be sitting at the dining room table. It's just like an inside joke now. Every now and then, one of them will that's say, awesome. I'll say something about talking to you or something, and the Beyond the Box page yep. or something, and and uh, we'll just start doing Beyond the Box, 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 box. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So it's Beyond the Box, the next generation, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our new our new hosts, Hannah. Uh, and Brian and Sean are our, are going to be our new hosts one day. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, well, man, goodness. I'll tell you what, we are coming up here in about a month and a half, or no, two months maybe, on our sixth anniversary as a podcast. It's crazy, man. Which is really hard to believe. And uh, it's kind of, uh, it's been a, a really interesting journey for us, obviously. And we did a five-year sort of uh, wrap up kind of, you know, where we're at thing last year. Um, and we'll probably do a similar thing for, for the sixth year, but, but we're at a point, Ray, where we kind of need to, um, I guess in some ways sort of relay some foundation maybe and kind of catch some people up who are new to what we're about, not so much about um, specifics of what we believe, but kind of who we are and the type of conversation that we like to have. And uh, in the past, I've always been the disclaimer dude. So I'm going to go ahead and just put this out there right now. That in this <laughs> conversation, you may hear Ray and I allude to some things uh, that have taken place online in our Facebook community. And uh, we want to say up front, we're going to be very careful to try not to put names in there because we're really not talking just about specific individuals. We're talking about some general concepts, some general things that have, have taken place uh, overall and so I want you, the listener, Ray and I talked about this before we hit record. We want you guys to be careful not to try to read too much into this, not to try to assume that you know who we're talking about, uh, because in some cases we're going to be talking about things that aren't familiar to everybody in the group. So um, I just want to put that out there as a disclaimer. Ray, did I say that okay? <laughs> well, and just be real careful with how we present this. And I want to say, too, that while some of the people that, especially in the Facebook group, might have seen situations where they are tempted to fill a name in. Please know that mm-hmm. anything that we're talking about, we've seen patterns of or multiple occurrences. Yes. So it's not, this is not aimed at any particular individual or any particular person. 
Um, so, you know, this is one of those things where we, we, we just feel like sometimes you have to come back to center and, yeah. you know, before we started recording, I was telling you, this is, this is a conversation that started between you and I years ago. Um, yep. a conversation that we started with just you and I going to breakfast on a weekly basis, talking about mm-hmm. God life and, and how we navigate through the whole thing. And yeah. In the process, we've opened up that conversation to other people, and I feel like Dwight yeah. Pond really had an apropos um, metaphor that he that he put in the group on kind of how he saw the conversation, and it was kind of like you and I had started a conversation with each other, and then we'd opened mm-hmm. the doors and said and, and allowed other people to come in, and as you yeah. get more and more people in the house and it gets more and more crowded, sometimes you have to reestablish the ground rules. And you have to reestablish yeah. kind of, you know, what everything's about, what our expectations are. Sometimes you have to tell people, hey, make sure to wipe your feet at the door, you know, right. make sure not Take to wear the muddy me. shoes, you know, yep. don't track mud through the house. Make sure to put a, don't put your on drink on a coaster, you know, all, all <laughs> those kinds of things. And so I really yep. appreciated that metaphor by Dwight and Dwight's someone that's been yeah. with us for a number of years now and in many yeah, ways has brother. earned both your, my respect and your respect as being someone who, you know, who we really trust. Um, so saying all that to say, yeah, I I think you said it exactly right. And I think as we get this conversation started, I first want to kind of acknowledge the fact that there's only about 427 people, I think in the Facebook group right now. And I, you, you keep up with the statistics better than I do, but I'm thinking we have several thousand listeners at this point. And Um, so I'm recognizing that it's, you know, it's actually not even half of the people that actually listen to our podcast are in the Facebook group. So I hope right. that this is an episode that you don't feel, um, like in the dark on if you're not in the Facebook group or that, that yeah. you don't feel like, um, you're, you're being ostracized from that. Hopefully there's mm-hmm. some things that'll come out of our conversation here that will just be helpful in navigating community because really, at the end of the day, that's what we're doing here is we're just talking about the real nuts and bolts and the practical mm-hmm. implications and and thoughts that we have to kind of um, wrestle with when it comes to community. Yeah. And so many of the things, Steve, that you and I have talked about in a lot of ways have been kind of ethereal concepts or idealistic right. concepts. and right. Um, this is one of those things where we're really we're really coming into the nuts the nuts and bolts of mm-hmm. something that you and I are passionate about. This idea of right. the ecclesia, the church, the kingdom of God outside the walls of institutional religion. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're trying to say we're we're at a place where we, where we've been trying to say okay, we want to see something different. We are now right. seeing something different. And we're kind of over the last year or so, we've started hitting a few hurdles along the way, a few obstacles that have been thrown in our path by no one, by no one intentionally, by no one on purpose. It's just stuff that we have to deal with. And so this is, I hope people don't feel like this is a, um, something that we're, you know, we're addressing a, a bad situation or this is just housekeeping stuff and stuff that happens yeah. when you get people together. Yep. That's a good way to put it. And I, I jokingly referred to our kids as beyond the box to next generation. I think what you and I are going to be talking about in this episode, Ray is kind of beyond the box 2.0. Yeah. This is sort of the, yeah. 
the the reboot the we've we've uh, tried to eliminate some of the bugs from the software um you know we're <laughs> we're trying to to just sort of regroup and and rethink some of this stuff and, and it's been really interesting ray and I, i'm not sure in what order we're going to end up hitting on all these things and maybe we won't even hit on everything we intend to talk about but uh one of the things that you and i have talked about is Beyond the box, the concept itself originally referred to, and still really for us does primarily refer to, living life of faith outside of institutional religion. And so the box, in a sense, as our logo represents, kind of represented the institutional church. Um, and and our whole journey has been exploring life outside of the walls of that institution. And what's interesting about that is that when we both left the institution, Ray, because you and I were both pastors at one point, we both made the decision to walk away from those careers and to to leave that expression of, of religion altogether. It, when we did that, a lot of the questions that we've had in our own minds over the years is how much of what we held to back then do we still hold on to? Hmm. How, much of, how much of that experience really was toxic or negative, unhealthy? dysfunctional and how much of it maybe just needs to be redeemed. And so I think uh, one of the things that I know you and I have talked about offline that I hope we can kind of tease out a little bit in this episode too is looking at the concept of pastoring and eldering uh, in a whole new light, in in a way that's very different from how the institution defines it and yet does seem to come back to a concept that um, that we do see reflected in Scripture in descriptions of how the church functioned together in the early days. And with that being said, I do want to start with uh, not another disclaimer, but sort of an apology. Um, and Ray, you can kind of help me get through this because uh, this is difficult to talk about. But one of the things that you and I have both realized is that in our effort to not be authoritarian, we have actually stood back and watched people get hurt. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that we never intended to do, we never intended to have happen. And uh, I think I speak for you, Ray, in saying that we both uh, want to give our sincerest apologies. I'm not going to name names because we'll end up forgetting somebody, but you know who you are, the people that have gotten hurt as a result of some of the things that have taken place. And we, um, we want to apologize to you for that and uh, tell you that we realize that in our attempts to live out what we thought was right, we made some mistakes. And um, we don't want to overreact to that. We don't want to swing the pendulum too far in the other direction, but it has caused us to think that there are times when you need to stand up for people. There are times when you need to exercise some um, shepherding of a group to say, hey, this behavior or that behavior is not acceptable on the basis that you are hurting people. Yeah, And that's yeah. it really speaks to, I think, the need for us to, as a community, to love and respect each other. Mm-hmm. And so I really just I wanted to get that out there. That's it's hard for me to say that out loud, but um, I really felt strongly, Ray, that we need to 
to just voice that and and be open and honest about our own mistakes and failures in that regard. You know, I, I think, Steve, you know, what you were saying uh, in the onset of that when you were talking about how we've kind of been going through this deconstruction process and in that we've kind of, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've kind of thrown out the concept of authoritarianism and pastoring and shepherding and all these things. And um, I think that uh, Phil Stickle was on the podcast last year and she -hmm. talked about a metaphor that I found really helpful in talking about how right now Christianity at large is going through somewhat of a rummage sale. And I feel like beyond the box is in Mm. the same place where we're going through Uh a rummage sale. And here's kind of how the illustration plays out in my mind is that you and I discovered a house full of junk several years ago. Yeah. And we began to examine item by item. And at first it was really difficult to throw away those first two or three things that we'd held on to for so (laughs) long. And then eventually the process accelerated to where we were throwing out all sorts of stuff without necessarily giving it a completely good thorough look at times. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now, now we're finding that there's a few things that there's people in our yard and they're wanting to purchase stuff. And Mm -hmm. there's some things that are on the sell table right now that we're going, wait a minute, we might not be ready to sell that yet. (laughs) We might need to to reclaim that. That that's my favorite (laughs) recliner. I don't want to, you know, and I'm feeling like, um, you know, I, I I think what you said was so eloquently put um, in in talking about how in the name because we've been so turned off by authoritarianism, and because we've mm-hmm. been so turned off by the hierarchical model, the hierarchy, the hierarchical models <laughs> yeah. that have been established by the institutional church, that we've really fled the other way, um, yeah, and avoided any kind of uh, interference, any kind of, um, Mm -hmm. any kind of shepherding role. So that that's a B is in reality, we've gotten so large that it's become really difficult. I I get to a place, you know, I work a 40 hour job, actually about 45 hours a week. Um, Mm -hmm. I have two kids, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, at night I'm taking care of my kids while my wife's working. Um, you know, I try and I, I try and do a few fun things every now and then, you know, yeah. to, to remind myself that I'm that I that I do need to enjoy life. And in the midst right. of that, I'll find myself so many times by the time I get to a thread, it might have been two yeah. hours, but there might be 200 <laughs> comments on it. And there's no exactly. humanly there's no way humanly possible that I can keep up yeah. with the conversation. So on right. on the one hand. We're experiencing uh, growing pains ideologically mm-hmm. and doctrinally, mm-hmm. theologically, philosophically, however you want to say it, in that we're right. realizing that we probably do need to play a more active role um, because in opening our home to the conversation that is beyond the box, people mm-hmm. expect us to protect um, to protect that conversation, not to protect it in the sense of ruling things as off limits or or not letting people be open and frank with where they're at, but protecting in the Mm -hmm. sense of making sure that no one feels marginalized, no one feels ostracized, that people's voices are heard, that um, people are, you know, people 
respect each other and are mannerly and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, on the other hand, we're experiencing growing pains of a different kind in that, you know, right now with just the Facebook group, there's over 400 mm-hmm. people in the Facebook group. And it's yeah. literally in some ways, it's like we have 400 people sitting in our living room and right. it it <laughs> becomes really tough to, for lack of a better word, to police that. And you yeah. and I, you and I have both said we want, we want a our ideal and our goal is to have a group policing function where right. we recognize that we're admins in the group and therefore, you know, we're the only people that could actually exercise the power to, to, you know, boot someone from the group, which we've right. never done by mm-hmm. the way, um, and never right. plan on doing. But mm-hmm. while we've, while we quote unquote have that power, um, simultaneously our our dream is that beyond the box would be a place where that, that is self-policed in the sense mm-hmm. of everyone recognizes that there's no voice that trumps another. And therefore right. when we see someone being marginalized, instead of waiting for Ray and Steve to blow the whistle, mm-hmm. because it might be 400 comments long and Ray and Steve might never, <laughs> might never actually find that comment um, yeah. that, hopefully other people that are within that context will Mm -hmm. be willing to speak up and to be willing. I I feel like on the one hand, Steve, and I'm sorry, I'm going to shut up here in a minute so you can continue to talk. No, you're fine. You're doing great. (laughs) But I feel like on the one hand, um, I recognize completely. And I told you this the other day, I recognize completely that we are at fault in a big way Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the way some people have been hurt. And for that, I'm like you, I deeply apologize it struck right. me that how how God is in. I think Gordon said it on the Facebook page, and it really uh, it really hit me at the time was that God had entrusted us with the people who make up beyond the box, and not entrusted yeah. in the sense of we own them or control them, but entrusted in the sense of you know some sort of shepherding function that that just makes sure they're okay and and yeah. tries to watch out for them and um, is for them and never against them and and. You know, right. those kinds of things. Right. But in saying that as well, while we recognize that that's true, we also want other people to recognize that you have a responsibility too. If you join a community that doesn't have a hierarchy mm-hmm. and isn't a, prof- mm-hmm. a paid professional ministry, you know, we're not mm-hmm. asking for anyone's money. We're not right. asking for titles. We're not asking to be, right. you know, um, to, to have to have people put us on a pedestal or to, you know, look up to us or whatever. We're right. asking that you take responsibility within the group, too, not only for your mm-hmm. own behavior, but also when you see other people being marginalized or you see, you see uh, you know, jokes that are maybe going across a line that you're willing to step right. in, too, and... You know, with some of the things I've seen posted lately, on the one hand, you know, there there were a lot of people that kind of came out of the woodwork when I said that 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 maybe I hadn't heard from in a really long time. That right. when mm-hmm. when I said, you know, I really we really need to reassess this group, and Steve and I are talking about what direction we need to be going in. There were people mm-hmm. that came out of the woodwork that we haven't heard from, and sometimes in years, that all right. of a sudden spoke up that obviously mm-hmm. had been reading the conversations for a number of months, yes. but had yep. never made their voice heard to say, I don't, I, I don't like some of the things I'm seeing. Yeah. 
I've got a yeah. problem with with this behavior or with that post or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I took that I took it really personal on my end of saying I've got to be more proactive. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, you know, we need to have an environment where these people recognize they could have spoken up six months ago. Yes. And, and we yeah. would have been completely supportive and yeah. And it, they would not have been stepping out of their place because we don't, while this is our living room, mm-hmm. the, the only ground rules is that everyone's on an equal playing field. And so by definition, if you right. want to sit in the recliner for a while, by all means, I'm going to let you sit in the mm-hmm. recliner. If you want to go to the fridge and get something to drink, by all means, in other words, make yourself at home. This is your place too. Yes. Yep, exactly. And I, I think what you said about sort of, uh, you didn't use this term, but I was thinking community adminning, you know, community monitoring, um, you know, it's kind of like you drive through these neighborhoods and you see the neighborhood watch signs and it lets you know that there might not be a policeman around, but a neighbor might be watching out for the, the kids in the neighborhood or whatever. Um, I think that's kind of the the notion that, that you and I have assumed would be there and had hoped would be there. And I, I think, Ray, a lot of the, the difficulty that we've run into um, really comes from a, a weakness in Facebook's structure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I've pointed this out before that, you know, we didn't we didn't understand how groups worked. When we first created the group on Facebook, we made it a closed group so that people would feel safe. And we thought that in some sense that that kept it from being, uh, you know, overtaken by others or whatever and, and allowed people to express themselves safely. What we didn't realize is that Facebook recommends that group then to people who are in similar groups or who are friends with people in the group or, or just who have a Facebook account. <laughs> and so, you know, there was, there was an influx of people joining the group. I, I'm often reminded <laughs> kind of jokingly of the verse in the Old Testament that says, and then there was a Pharaoh who arose who knew not Joseph. <laughs> and I kind of felt like there was an influx of people into the group who knew not Ray and Steve or beyond the box. <laughs> And even though the name of the group was Beyond the Box Podcast Community, uh, there were a lot of people, and maybe still are people in that group, who don't even know that there is a podcast, don't know who you and I are. And while it's not about us and we're not looking for notoriety or fame, the reality was that it was our living room. And, you know, ironically, that's not the first time Dwight has used that metaphor. And Mm -hmm. you and I have been kind of resistant to it in the past (laughs) because we haven't wanted to, to be put on a pedestal, but I think that it's not about being on a pedestal. It's just recognizing whose house you're in. And so I think, you know, a lot of what people are going to see in the future is that you and I are going to be a little bit more open and frank about the fact that, Hey, this is our living room. This is an extension of the podcast. And, we're we're going to restructure it in a way that people who are in that community are going to be there because they are part of part of the podcast community not because Facebook recommended it to them you and know so it, i think yeah go ahead i, I was just going to say and that that's one thing when you when you said about Dwight and the living room metaphor it is funny because Dwight has probably brought that up three or four times. and Yes, exactly. <laughs> each time you and I have kind of messaged back and forth and we're like, oh, I'm just not comfortable with feeling yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm not no offense Dwight at all. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, no, no, this is what I'm getting to is that probably for the, the first three times he said that we were really resistant yeah. to it and really behind yes. closed doors going, 
man, we love the heart <laughs> behind how, what he's saying. We love Dwight's heart and the yeah. fact that, but we're like, man, we just don't feel that. And then when he said at this time, it was like, oh, he's right. <laughs> yeah. It was like yeah. it, it hit us both in a very different way. It hit us like a ton yeah, of bricks, because- and and it and the thing about it too, Steve, is it was like it made me so thankful for somebody mm-hmm. like Dwight who was willing to be persistent. Yes. with what he was feeling um, yes. in his heart to to express yeah. to us, you know. And that's what it's about: is someone being confident enough in what's in their heart to continue to stand by. And hold on to that, even if they realize that they're not being heard or that they're not uh, getting the point across the first two or three times. You know, I I think that it, yeah, it's a great example of of somebody really being passionate about what they uh, believe and not. I mean, Dwight was never disrespected about it in any way, and he wasn't marginalized about it. But he just kept lovingly coming back to that metaphor and saying, "This is." I think this really is what it is. I think you and I, Ray, have been, because we both were institutional church pastors, um, I think we both have a a bit of an aversion to the idea that somehow we are leaders and pastors again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, because there's uh, somebody else in the group who several times in private messages to me has commented and said, you know, I, I really feel your pastoral heart for this group. Mm-hmm. And similar to my reaction to Dwight, I keep thinking, no, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. I don't want to be a pastor. And yet I'm realizing now, Ray, and this is kind of what I was thinking about earlier when I brought up pastoring and eldering. I'm realizing that what the scripture describes with regard to pastoring and eldering is not a position like the institution. I mean, we knew this to a certain extent, but I guess I'm getting back to the balance and not the the baby and bathwater thing is that we we have seen pastoring and eldering being so tied to position mm-hmm. and titles that we have assumed that there perhaps was very little validity to that and yet what i'm realizing now is that there are people in the community of faith who are gifted in certain ways to look out for other people or to model things for other people. And and I think in a sense that's that's part of where you and I are finding ourselves, Ray. I don't say that to build ourselves up in any way, because again, I don't see that as a hierarchical position in any way. But I think we are realizing that, hey, this is something that we are passionate about and that we are sensitive to. And we desire to look out for people in that way and to help those who are being marginalized. Like one of the things I noticed recently was after, after you posted about, you know, we need to rethink about the direction and everything. I noticed that there was this huge influx, like you said, of, of people that we hadn't heard from before and, or hadn't heard from in a long time. And also people that we hadn't ever heard from before Mm -hmm. and a huge, huge um, groundswell of female voices in the group, Mm -hmm. which said a lot to me about the fact that there was a, a a large element of our community that was feeling silenced and feeling like they couldn't speak up. Mm-hmm. And so it really, it meant a lot to me to see um, so many female voices coming forward and saying, yeah, I want this to be a safe place. I want to be able to participate in these conversations too. So many times it seems like people think that they they aren't smart enough or 
they aren't trained enough or whatever to participate. And that's the exact opposite of what you and I have been trying to talk about for years that Mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we consider ourselves just to be two guys thinking out loud. You know, we don't have all the answers. We, yes, you and I may on paper have some credentials, but like the apostle Paul, I consider them all to be rubbish (laughs) because they really don't mean anything to me in the community that you and I have been trying to foster that we we aren't those credentials don't mean anything you know i i have a degree in bible from a bible college and i have part of a degree in theology from a seminary but i don't believe 90 percent of what i was taught in those degrees anyway anymore so it really doesn't matter that i went to those schools and got those degrees i don't i don't ever view that as a basis for making my arguments because most of what i put forth in expressing my own views now is stuff that I've researched or studied or um, labored over in my own personal journey post-education. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And that's the thing, Steve, is I think that in kind of getting to a crossroads and and like you said, hitting the reboot button and, 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 and going forward as beyond the box 2.0, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, I think it's more, it's more of like a, what we want to see our podcast community become is more like a Wikipedia than an encyclopedia right. Britannica. And right. what we're realizing more and more is you might only have a sentence that you, mm-hmm. that, that you feel you need to contribute to the conversation. But if you feel yeah. that you need to contribute then that, then that sentence is important. And what I'm finding mm-hmm. is is that it seems like there's a lot of people out there who um, have either become intimidated because of the direct mm-hmm. the the credentials they've seen from other people within the group, or they've been intimidated right. because of you know someone can speak louder than they can, and you know many mm-hmm. times the the loud voices kind of you know outcry the the weaker voices. Um, right. And as a result of that, something is lost. And mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. in Wikipedia, you might not have, you know, if if you're doing a Wikipedia entry on World War II, you might not be an expert on Germany, but maybe you're an expert on Japan. Or you might not be an expert right. on Japan, but maybe you you were there the day of Pearl Harbor and you remember some things that were important about Pearl Harbor. You know, there there's mm-hmm. there's facets to the diamond that every one of us has. And I feel like a lot of people, like I say, on on the one hand, we're taking a huge amount of the responsibility of saying, look, we've missed it. And we recognize that. And we're not, we're not at all trying to downplay that or to try and escape that responsibility. And simultaneously, I feel like there's a lot of other people who are hiding their light under a bushel and allowing Mm -hmm. other people to speak for them or thinking that, that um by their silence that um you know i tell you it's kind of like we've seen people kind of come and go from our facebook group and anybody is welcome to come or go at any time that's right we're not an institutional church that keeps a membership role and you know right. we're going to visit your house and send you know deacons to your door <laughs> if you're not paying your tithe i mean yes. it's nothing like that but simultaneously right. i'll just be quite frank when you get when you feel like you've gotten involved in people's lives mm-hmm. 
and you've put yourself out there and tried to interact with people and tried to, you know, have conversations with people and, and you've heard from people over and over how much, you know, something like that means to them and then just have them disappear without notice. Right. It's hurt to be quite honest. Yeah. And, you know, I think I would be remiss if I didn't say that there's something about Facebook and online community where people, people feel a lot more free to say what they want to say, but they also Mm -hmm. feel a lot less responsibility. And you and I have been talking heavily recently that what we're finding is, is that we tend to either err on the side of freedom or on the side of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And there Mm -hmm. is this happy balance that we need to walk this tightrope that we need to walk between recognizing that we have a freedom to, you know, I can do what I want to do. And simultaneously, because I'm compelled by the love of Christ, because I I recognize that love is the heart of God, that love is the essential nature of who God is. And that because I'm his child, I don't want to transgress that love. And that means that I'm going to have to limit my freedom in certain mm-hmm. situations. And what I'm mm-hmm. finding is, is that in, in the group, when we have called on people to try and say, you know, you might want to rethink how you say that. And and right. sometimes people have played the freedom card. Right. It really, um, just like I say, and in, in, uh, just laying our marbles out here, Steve, we've, yeah. You know, we've always said we're two guys thinking out loud, so we don't have the God's eye view on anything. But right. I just know how it's felt at times to to um to have people overlook the needs of others within the group. Right. And then simultaneously when when community gets hot and community gets hard to just leave. Mm-hmm. And you and I have both said, you know, we don't want to just at beyond the box. We're not just about decrying institutional religion. I feel like maybe for the first two years of our podcast, that's where we were. We were, we were primarily, if you go back to the early episodes and listen, we were primarily Mm -hmm. giving you great, uh, a great diagnosis of the problem, but not a great prognosis on how to fix it. Right. And yeah. we didn't more, have a clue how to fix it. <laughs> more and more as we've grown into where we want to go, we're wanting to be more about the solution than the problem. So you're still going to hear us talk yes. about the deficiencies of institutional religion, but mm-hmm. hopefully with a view to finding a better alternative. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. that, um, you and I, a lot of this Facebook group is an experiment in non-hierarchical yes. community. In a yep. community where you can say what you want to say and everyone's voice is equal. But in saying that, just because it's on Facebook and just because, you know, you're do you you can sit in your underwear on your computer and chat with people mm-hmm. around the world <laughs> and not worry about, you know, uh you can kind of hide behind the computer, so to speak. Right. Simultaneously, my expectation is that people look mm-hmm. at this as community. And therefore, you know, if we invest in each other's lives, you know, I just would, and maybe it's too much. I'm like, I say, I'm thinking out loud here. So maybe it's too high of an expectation for what this is. Maybe this, maybe Mm -hmm. this is too idealistic, honestly. Maybe 
a lot of people look at us more as a forum of ideas than of having any kind of responsibility. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I invest in your life as a friend, Mm -hmm. I just expect to, you know, if I dropped out of your life, Steve, without notice, you know, you'd be on the phone with me pretty quick going, Ray, what's going on? What's happening? You know, what's, yeah. And while I don't know anyone on Facebook for the most, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know anyone in the group. Like I know you, you know, right. I've known you on a level that I don't know anyone else on. And simultaneously, right. I feel like there's a lot of these people that I really do know and, and have grown close with. Yes. And yes, so, um, all that to say, anybody's welcome to leave for any reason at any time. Of course, mm-hmm. and we don't have <laughs> right. we don't have any control over that, nor do we want to have control over that. Right. But simultaneously, if we're going to call this community, then mm-hmm. let's treat it with the respect that it deserves. Yeah. And act yeah. as if the people that are involved in our lives actually that let's act that like they matter to us. Well, exactly, and and let me let me even put a a. Let me come at that from a slightly different angle, because as you're talking about that, I'm thinking not only to the extent in which we pour into the community, do we have some responsibility to it, but I'm thinking of our responsibility to those who have um, been vulnerable with the community. So when when someone, when, when we choose to be in a community and someone chooses to be vulnerable and opens up to that community about something that's very precious to them or that's very painful for them, or whatever it is, if it's something that's that they're being very vulnerable, we as a community have a responsibility to treat that with love and respect. Mm-hmm. And w- we don't have the right or the freedom to trample on that, or to mock it. To make light of it. in any way, yes, exactly, in, in any way to belittle it. And And I think that's one of the things that... And we're going to have to be feeling this out as we go. Uh, we're going to need a lot of input and response from the community throughout because, again, this needs to be a community endeavor, not just you and me. We can't police this, nor do we want to. But there needs to be some understanding that that kind of um, mistreatment of others is not going to – it's not going to fly. It's not going to be something that we're going to just idly sit back anymore and watch happen that if you want to be part of this community, you're accepting some responsibility for how you treat other people. And that especially those who have made themselves vulnerable, because I think what we have seen, Ray, the people that have gotten hurt are, aren't people who just sat on the sidelines and watched the conversation and walked away. It was people who had poured themselves out. It was people who had shared very deep personal things about themselves, had shared aspects of their struggles um, and so I, th- I think that, that we have an even greater responsibility to people like that mm-hmm. to, to treat them with love and respect. And, you know, because the reality is that's how a lot of healing takes place in people's lives. You know, some of the reports that you and I get, Ray, of, of people being impacted by this community and by this podcast, every time we get, you know, a letter from somebody or an email or an instant message on Facebook saying how much beyond the box has meant in someone's journey. I, I always find myself 
kind of having to convince myself that it's true, you know, because I just think, you know, wow, we're just two guys talking, you know, we're just thinking out loud. How can that really be that helpful to people? But as we suspected long ago when we started the podcast, what was a private conversation between you and I in a restaurant was something that would resonate with other people. And so people listen to this stuff and they, they interact with us online and they go, wow, okay, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm on the right path with this or whatever. And things just, it, it does really help people in their journey. And so I think because of that, we have to recognize that people in the community are traveling forward in their spiritual journey. Some of them might be walking a path that we wouldn't necessarily walk or we wouldn't find ourselves walking, but that doesn't make their path invalid Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make their path um, less important to the community. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, like I've, I've seen some people come into the community and they'll, they'll lean heavily on the community for support and then something else will happen and they'll, or they'll reach a point in their journey where they go, I don't need you guys anymore. And that, like you were saying earlier, that kind of hurts because I think, well, wait a minute, we were there for you. Why can't you be there for us too? You know? And And that's, so I, I think that there has to be a recognition of when you do invest in a community, there, there is something real that's there, whether it's an online community or an in-person community, because I don't really see that much of a distinction between the two. These, the people in the Beyond the Box community are very real people. They are not just screen names and text on a monitor. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, I, and I think it's hard because, you know, different people different people are at different places with the podcast. And there are going to be people that I recognize that, you know, listen yeah. to two or three of our podcasts. It really helps them. And then they move on with their life. And, you know, sure. I, I recognize that. And that's, there's no, uh, so I hope people Nothing don't hear us. Saying, you know, what, what's, you Once know, you it's like the roach, episode, it's like the, the roach motel. You can check in, but you can't check out. Right. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah. not, it's not at all like that, but I think we're just saying, you know, please recognize that, that we are people and that the, the yeah. people in the community are people. And, and then the other thing is, I guess on the other side of the coin is too, you know, trying to find this balance between intimacy and inclusion mm-hmm. and, yeah. You know, in, in our group, we have people that meet each other for the first time and they resonate with each other and they become friends. And it is wonderful. We love the fact that all sorts of people have met each other without us being any part of an intermediary in that relationship and that they go on to be great friends. And we love that. Um, the thing we have to recognize too, though, is that for instance, in the Facebook group, there's 400 and some people who are reading mm-hmm. each post. Now, granted, not everyone reads every post, but I'm just saying there's potentially right. 400 potentially, and some people yes. that are reading each post in that group. So we have to treat yeah. each each thing that we're saying as if it was yes. not a private conversation, but as if it was in a public right. forum or a forum with at least, you know, the people that we that that are resonating with beyond the box. Yes. Saying all that to say that sometimes I, I don't think people realize that when you use a lot of uh, inside jokes or inside humor, um, mm-hmm. that while there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself, at times it can serve to make other people feel less apart. 
It can serve to make other people feel ostracized from the conversation as if, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't belong or, or, you know, um, and and it's so hard, you know, if you, if you meet somebody in the group and you want to have a private conversation with them, by all means do so. If you want to even start a group with a few people that you want to, you know, continue these conversations with, by all means do so. There is nothing restricting that. But all we're asking is that when you're in the confines of the group, you know, please feel free to joke. Please feel free to laugh. Please feel free to, to poke fun at things that need making, you know, fun of, but simultaneously Mm -hmm. recognize that when you're doing that, think about how that's going to impact the the people around you. Just as if you were in a living room with 400 people, you wouldn't (laughs) say certain things that in, in mixed company, that were that you know half of your group are going to get hurt by simultaneously yes. you need to think about that in the same context and mm-hmm. you know when you and I talk about freedom and responsibility i've found that since leaving the institutional church it, in many ways it's a lot like adolescence you know mm-hmm. when when you become a teenager and you go to high school and you hear your friends uh, using words that your mom and dad don't like and smoking right. stuff that your mom and dad would kill you if they found <laughs> you with. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Hanging out with people yeah. who have piercings everywhere and tattoos. And, you know, I find that just like as a, as that teenager, you want to experiment yeah. with it all. Right. Simultaneously, when you get out of the institution, in many ways, you want to just, you, you, you've been so bound and so tied up for so long that you, everything yeah. that smacks of freedom, you embrace it with both arms. Yep. I think yep. there's a health to that. And simultaneously, yes. it becomes a very dangerous thing when you begin to mm-hmm. use that same freedom to run roughshod over other people. Right. You know, Paul talks right. in the book of Romans about uh, about the conscience. And he uses uh-huh. the, the illustration of meat sacrificed to idols. And he says, you right. know, some of you have a weaker conscience and and don't think that you can eat that meat that's been sacrificed to an idol because it will somehow defile your conscience. While there's others of you who would have no problem taking that meat that was sacrificed to an idol, blessing it and partaking of it, it would never bother you. But the, the interesting thing about that is in the circles that you and I run in, there's Mm -hmm. a tendency to push other people towards freedom, which is a good and healthy tendency. But it seems like Paul says, in some ways, you have to be careful and you have to restrain and almost work the other way in that right. you put yourself in the confines of someone else's conscience if it means mm-hmm. that that you're trying to love them. So right. while, for instance, uh, you know, I, I think about it with cussing. There's not a single mm-hmm. word that I find offensive anymore, to be quite frank. There, right. Cussing means nothing to me. Even the word cussing is just kind of a misnomer to me. Um, There's no word that's off limits because my, my philosophy is, you know, why, why is the word crap somehow more acceptable than the word shit? Because somebody determined that one set of words were off limits and another weren't. Um, Right. So to me, it's just a total human construct. Simultaneously, Mm -hmm. I recognize that when I'm in the company of certain people because of their conscience, not because of mine, right? 
I'm going to limit the kind of communication I have with them. Mm -hmm. That is in no way because I'm being bound by legalism. It's called being bound by love. And so when, when I put restraints on myself that can sometimes be construed, misconstrued in my opinion as a legalism, Mm -hmm. we have to recognize that at times you put restraints on yourself because you love people. Now, in the context of our group, exactly. we want people to express themselves freely. Use any kind right. of language that you want to. But right. where what where we think the line should be drawn is when someone comes to you and says, "Look, this is really offensive or hurtful for me because of X, Y, and Z." Then mm-hmm. we need to take that into account and not just tell the person to suck it up. Right. Not just tell exactly. the person that. Well, if you're offended, it's because that's on you. No, if yes. you're offended, the, according to what scripture is telling me is I've got to do everything I can to live at peace with everyone. So as right. far as it's dependent on me, I have to mm-hmm. remove all the obstacles I can between you and me. Right. You know, you and I talked in our last podcast about where, uh, about how we were both going to contribute to a book and how uh-huh. that book, um, some of the things I, that I was going to say in the chapter I was writing for that book were going to be offensive to the audience of the people in that book. Now, in mm-hmm. that situation, I didn't feel that I could restrict, that I could remove those obstacles without removing right. essential parts of who I am. Right. However, if I had used certain language in, in that book or in that chapter mm-hmm. to express that, and the, and the editor had come to me and said, you know, when you use this language, you're you're going to ostracize people and they're going to miss the main idea of what you're saying. Right. I'd have been the first one to say, I'll get rid of all of those words as long as I can keep mm-hmm. the gist of what I'm saying. Right. The exactly. Same, That's the a same, great analogy. Same thing is in effect in this situation for us, Steve, is, you know, if you use any kind of language you want to, but as soon as someone mm-hmm. comes to you and someone says, not, I'm not just talking about someone says, well, personally, I find that word offensive, but if you want to use it, go ahead then by all means right. use it. But if someone says, you know, this word or, or this phrase or this thing that you're saying or doing has this mm-hmm. negative connotation for me and then begins to relate to you a personal experience right. that somehow um, darkens or dampens that and is going to mm-hmm. bring that up for them every time you use that, then yep. I'm not even necessarily asking you to quit using it. But what I am asking you to do is to truly listen to that person, to truly hear that person and to truly put yourself in the shoes of that person. And to think, I mean, to me, basic, you know, we we talk about loving your neighbor as we talk about loving your enemy. That's our, one of the big hallmarks of our podcast. Well, Mm -hmm. how can we love our our, our enemy if we can't love our neighbor? And the biggest part of loving our neighbor is empathy. You cannot yes. love apart from empathy. And empathy simply means yeah. that I put myself in your shoes and I try and experience life through your eyes in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, compassion, the whole word compassion means to suffer with. So with, if, yeah, if exactly. I'm going to have compassion on you, what that means is that I enter into your world and I suffer alongside you. I take on mm-hmm. your burdens. So in other words, your burden might not be my burden. But because I'm entering into a relationship of compassion with you, I intentionally take your burden upon myself 
so that I can make your load lighter. Mm-hmm. Instead of using the fact that I'm not under that same burden to somehow relieve me of the responsibility that love would have me be under so that I can make your your load lighter. Yeah, exactly. And I think, see, where some of the misconception can come in, Ray, is that sometimes people get defensive when we talk about this stuff because they say, well, you know, with 400 people in the group, there's no way that I'm going to be able to say anything without offending someone. We're not talking about offenses where you don't know that it happens because there, in that situation, the person who's offended kind of has a bit of a responsibility to make that known if it's going to be problematic for them. But we're talking about situations where you know that someone is being hurt by something. Then love and compassion would have to dictate that you take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. What the answer is to that may not be the same for every situation. It could be that you talk it out with that person and reach a point where they're able to, to move past that offense or whatever. Um, You may be able to find a way in which you can continue to express your views without them being offended. There's any number of ways in which these situations can be resolved, which is why we're not setting down laws. We're not saying, you know, you can't use specific words or you can't say specific things or you can't express specific beliefs because there's so much that's related to context. And that's the point that I'm really wanting to hammer home here. And Mm. I think you're getting Mm. at too, Ray, is that in community – there is context, and you have to, have to, have to be sensitive to that context. You have to take that into account. And you can't just write off the context and say, I'm just going to say what I want to say, and, and everybody else just needs to get over it. Mm-hmm. That's not context, and that's not community, and that's not compassion. Mm. You can tell I used to be a pastor because I just put you know, three alliteration <laughs> The alliteration there, yeah. <laughs> yes, and now I'm going to read a poem about it. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's not something that, that we can just take lightly and say, well, you know, I'm not going to change because they shouldn't be offended by this. That's not the That's not what love does. Love says, you know what, I'm going to consider – the others as more important than myself. I'm going to consider the feelings of others. I'm going to consider the rights of others. I'm going to consider the conscience of others like you were talking about. I don't think that, you know, sometimes I think we read that passage and we go, well, I don't know anybody eating meat sacrificed to idols, so I guess that's not relevant. But I think the principle that that Paul is talking about there is very relevant to community because, like you said, he's telling you to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and if you know that this is problematic for someone, tread lightly. You know, yeah. he, the interesting thing is he doesn't come out and say eating meat sacrificed to idols is wrong. And he doesn't say eating meat sacrificed to idols is right. He says basically follow your conscience mm-hmm. and make sure you're not offending someone else's conscience. So, you know, that like that's been hard for me to learn as I've stepped out of the institution because there are times when – I, I want to trump my free, I want my freedom to trump everything too. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to say, look, I'm free to not go to a church building on Sunday, or I'm free not to view Sunday as different from any other day of the week. And Paul even addresses that issue. He says some people value one day more than others. Some people value special days and moon festivals and all that. And he doesn't say that that's wrong for them to do that. He just said, I mean, he he does kind of talk about weaker and stronger brothers, but That's still the point is not for us to say, well, I'm stronger and you're weaker. So, you know, the point is that we're supposed to be listening to others and we're supposed to be respecting 
others and really I think a better word even would be we're supposed to value others Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. take it seriously when we know something about them that should cause us you know like I don't drink alcohol in front of my parents because I know that that would really 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 bother them yeah do I think drinking alcohol is wrong no I don't I don't I don't think that that it's in any way wrong but I think it would be wrong for me to flaunt that freedom in front of my parents Mm -hmm. because they're not at a place in their religion where they can accept that that's a possibility. You know, it was hard for my parents to accept when I got divorced because to them, divorce was never an option. I didn't, and I still don't rub it in their face that, you know, well, I was free to divorce or whatever. It's, it's not something that I would flaunt in front of them, you know? Um, you can come up with any number of examples of freedom issues that we don't intentionally rub people's noses in. And so I think in our community, that is something that you and I value very highly. Probably, I would say, if we were to speak the language of megachurches, that's one of our core values Mm -hmm. is to respect and love others and to seriously listen to and and see others for who they are, not treat them like they don't matter just because we disagree with them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, Steve. I think that, <clears throat> I think that that's the thing is we have to, um, you know, we, we started talking about nonviolence a long time ago and more and more we've refined what it is exactly that we mean yeah. when we talk about nonviolence and, yeah. You know, that that conversation is still ongoing within the community itself, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I think you and I both one of the places that we're at is saying, look, one of the one of the first principles of nonviolence has to be the way that we communicate with each other. It has to be yes. where when I talk to you, A, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. B, I'm going to try to hear you before I respond. I'm not just going to try and flippantly run roughshod over you and act as if right. I know, you know, and, and see, I'm going to take you at face value. So if you yeah. say, if you say something, then unless I have a yep. really good reason to not believe what you're saying, I'm going to take it at face right. value. Um, right. I think if we, if we started with those principles, it would be a whole lot easier yeah. to, yeah to love. I think it would be a whole lot easier yeah. to communicate to people that we love. And I think the other thing is yeah. that we ha- we do have a real tendency because so much of what we've been about is freedom. Freedom yeah. from rules and regulations and legalism and institutional religion and doctrines and creeds mm-hmm. and all yeah. of these things. So much of what we've been is about freedom, but yeah. I feel like over the last few years, as we've really begun to dig into nonviolence, which is just another way of saying love, unconditional love, which is really mm-hmm. what it's about. As we've dug into that, we've realized that that freedom is one side of the pendulum and that unconditional love is the other side of the pendulum. And that at all times we have to hold those in tension. We have to hold those in balance mm-hmm. so that we're never using, as Paul said, our freedom as an occasion for the flesh. We're not using our freedom as a way to, to somehow outdo the next person or show up the next person or, you know, truncate the next person or whatever, but we're Mm -hmm. using, we're using our freedom to serve other people that, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm free from all sorts of things, but if it will somehow help you for me to come alongside you and suffer with you through those things, then love calls me to do that. And right. You know, when I think about Paul talking about, you know, the, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, you know, all these things. And then he mm-hmm. gets right down to it in first Corinthians 13. He says, you know, these three things remain faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. We've got hope. We've got faith. We talk about all those things, but the greatest of these is love. So at the end of the yeah. day, all the overarching principle of everything has to be about love. And for me, mm-hmm. if we just simply stop and ask ourselves, would love say this? Would love right. would love put this comment here at this time? Would love mm-hmm. look at this person the way I'm looking at this person right now? However you want to say it in community. Yep. If yep. you simply take the time to, an- to ask that question, I think mm-hmm. that that nips 90% of the problems in the bud. You're always going to... Yeah. You're always going to have misunderstandings. You're always going to have miscommunications. That is, and that's inherent in any kind of community, whether it be face to face, online, or otherwise. Exactly. But once again, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it's incumbent upon upon us to live at peace with everyone as much as is possible from our side. Which means mm-hmm. that we've got to weigh everything we say with love before we say it, and then if there's a misunderstanding. We have to be either quick to forgive or quick to apologize or sometimes both. Yes, yes, exactly. And and again, it comes back to not asking people and not asking ourselves to um, make assumptions about what other people think or feel or to censor ourselves because there may be someone out there in the 7 billion people in the world who might be offended by it but talking about situations in which we have knowledge. Ray, I remember, um, to my embarrassment, a situation years ago where uh, many people know that I, I tend to make a lot of jokes, and oftentimes jokes come out of my mouth that I haven't really thought through very well. And I don't have that problem uh, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I often joke with my family. When I tell a joke and it flops, I go, you know, that sounded a whole lot better in my head. But anyway, <laughs> I remember a situation where I flippantly made a joke that was intended to say one thing, but it actually ended up hurting your feelings because you thought I meant something else by it. Mm. And I remember and it probably was very hard for you to do this, but I remember you calling me up on the phone and saying, you know, this, this really hurt when you said this, my reaction right then could have been to just say, get over it. You know, I didn't mean it. What's your problem or whatever, or, you know, well, I was just joking, you know, you shouldn't take it so seriously. There are so many ways I could have blown that off, but I was convicted immediately that, oh my gosh, I didn't mean it that way but that doesn't change the fact that you were hurt. Mm. And mm. so I had to address the fact that I had hurt you, even though I, you, do you remember what I'm talking about? I, I, I have no idea. What you... <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's, that's kind of cool actually. Uh, but you know, it was, it was just, I remember it because of, of the fact that I, it made me realize I can be so careless with my words yeah, yeah. in trying to be funny that I could hurt someone that I care about very deeply. And, you know, so it, it does make me sometimes realize that the things that I put out on Facebook or the things that I write in comments, I tend sometimes to write very quickly and that can hurt someone. And when they come to me and say, 
wow, I'm really offended that you wrote this. It's not, that's not the place for me to defend myself then. Mm-hmm. It's time for me to say, let me first of all address the fact that I'm sorry I hurt you. Mm-hmm. Let me, mm-hmm. let me clear that up. Now let me explain, you know, that I didn't mean to hurt you. It wasn't on purpose. This is what was gone or whatever. But the first thing that we have to take responsibility for is the fact that whether or not we meant to, whether or not we even think it's valid, that person is hurt. Yeah, and Steve, you, you are, you're hitting the nail on the head. Out. You're hitting the nail on the head there. I mean, really? Yeah, I I think you're hitting the nail on the head because I think our tendency is so many times to go into apologetic mode and defend what we perceived as our yeah. own motive or or our intention, and not mm-hmm. really hear the other person. Right. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. And until until we can really hear the other person and go, oh my gosh. I didn't intend that at all, but we have to say that instead of moving on to say, well, da, 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 da. Here's why I think the way I do. Here's why you're wrong. Here's why I'm right. Before we can ever go there, we have to hear that other person and validate the fact that, okay, we didn't mean it that way, but if that's how they heard it, let's make sure we clear it up because, you know, there's nothing worse to me than seeing relationships that have gone deep and wide uh, for a number of Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. to see those relationships end over careless words and to see, and to see that the reason they end over careless words is because no one is willing to step up and, and take the blow, so to speak. You know, I I look at, I look at, isn't that part of nonviolence? Yeah. It's all about, so many times for us, it's all about being right. We want to prove that we're yeah. right. But the truth mm-hmm. is, you're not right if that other person is hurt. And it doesn't matter if right. you were right before that. It doesn't matter right. if, if they're <laughs> wrong and even feeling bad. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. me, to, to use that is just simply, I don't know. To me, it's unlove because I look at, I look at what Jesus did. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Because you know, and, know exactly. and the whole Philippians two thing, have this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who didn't look out for his own interest, but looked out for mm-hmm. the interest of others and made himself yep. nothing, taking on the form of a bondservant and being found appearance as a man, you know, the whole thing. It's like yep. Yep. the whole, the whole event of the incarnation was all about yes. saying, I'm going to, you're the wrong one. You're the one that's wrong, but. You're right. hurt, and because of that, I'm going to pour myself out on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So how can we mm-hmm. say we're following Jesus no matter how much correct theology we throw out there or no matter how much right. freedom we throw out there or no matter how much yep. we get it, quote, unquote, right? How can we say we're following Jesus if we do that while we're running roughshod over someone else who's hurting? Yeah, yeah. you can't. You can't do it both ways. And I I think it's so important for us to recognize that, number one, like you said, there's going to be miscommunication. There are going to be times when we just say the wrong thing. I I mean, it happens in the best of relationships. We say the wrong thing or it's heard as something different or it's heard in a different way than we intend it to be. And I do recognize, you know, I made the point earlier that I don't think there's much difference between online community and face-to-face in-person community. But I do recognize at 
at this level that there are difficulties with textual communication mm-hmm. versus verbal communication, and especially when you don't have nonverbal cues to go off of facial expression, winks, um, tone of voice. You know, yeah, to, yeah. Of course, we could do winks as emoticons, and you know, oftentimes that's meant to to cue people into the fact that hey, this is a joke. But yeah, tone of voice and and eyes and everything that goes into communication when we're in person that some of that is very much restricted online and we have to recognize that but at the same time uh we are able to communicate quite a bit verbally in text and we're able to really get to know people at a lot of levels in that regard and we have to allow that to um drive our interaction with them as we get to know them better. Like one of the things that I that I feel too about our community, Ray, is that um, when someone has demonstrated over time a certain amount of credibility, mm-hmm. that really should count for something. And this mm-hmm. gets back to the concept of eldering, because I think pastoring in one sense, although pastor and elder are very similar, um, and pastoring really is only mentioned once in the New Testament. Everywhere else it's eldering. Um, pastoring is a is a certain amount of shepherding. But eldering, I think, carries with it the connotation of respect and appreciation for where someone else has already been in their journey. I, I think so it's the, earned, earned respect. Yes, it's earned respect. Exactly. That's what I mean. So, so that when when you see someone over a period of time um and the scripture even references this i can't remember exactly where it is i want to say it's in in hebrews but uh it might be somewhere else i'm i'm blanking right now as to where it is i'm talking about and i don't even remember the exact phrasing but it's basically that we should be respecting elders that as we've seen them live out the life of faith in front of us mm-hmm. so um when someone has had a history of earning that respect, then when that person speaks, it should, in community, carry more weight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you and I talked about this many, many times. You and I have a mutual friend in Boone, um, and I, I don't cross paths as much now with David as I used to because of geography and just, you know, other things that have gotten in the way. Um, so I'm not as close to David as I used to be, but I still very much respect and value David in my life. Um, David is one who chronologically is older than you and I are. Um, not sure how much older than I am. He is maybe about eight years or so. Um, but David had been walking the path outside of institutional religion for probably about a decade before we started. And so he had already gone down so much of the path that you and I were discovering. Now in David's life, it manifested differently. There were different paths that he took, different conclusions he came to, et cetera. He and I didn't always agree on everything, but there was an element to which I was always willing to hear David out mm-hmm. and to hear what he had to say because he had already been walking this path. I had seen him in situations. I had observed his life and seen a heart and a faithfulness that was respectable and um excuse me, something that that I would want to emulate in my life. So I always, in my mind, considered David to be one of my elders. Um, 
it's not always someone who's older than us, but it's someone who has been on the path mm-hmm. with us and ahead of us. And so I think that there is a, a real validity to that. And it it is much more organic than the institutional church has made it. It's not someone who's elected every two years or whatever to yeah. serve on the board of elders. Or um, like the Mormon missionaries it, where they're like 18 and they're elder such and such. Always got to kick out Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not something you attain by age and it's not something you attain by, by appointment or whatever, but it is, it's something that just, it happens. And so in our community, there are going to be people who have been there longer, who have, some of them have even been down the road farther than we have, Ray. And those are people that I think deserve respect mm-hmm. and those are people that when I see them being marginalized by people who are newer to the group or who haven't bothered to get to know uh, some of the key people who have been in the group for a while, I find that problematic mm-hmm. because I think that that turns community on its head and it makes it something that's all about um, personality and power struggle and mm-hmm. um, you know even if someone doesn't consciously have an agenda, sometimes it feels like they just want to plow through and, and accomplish something different from the way the group is moving. Well, you know, it, it seems um, like it seems like in any kind of organization, you always have that tension between the established group and the 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 fresh voices, so to speak. Right. And it seems right. like the fresh voices always come in with new ideas and of how things can mm-hmm. be done better and fresher and. Yeah, more cutting edge, and it seems like the established group, right. you know, is always saying, well, you know, we've we like the way it is, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I think you know we're wanting to we're not wanting to err on either side. We recognize that right. new people exactly. can bring values to the group that are just that they're valuable. Um, yes, but simultaneously, we have to recognize that. Uh, if something has been done a certain way for a number of years or, or for a period of time, then there's a reason mm-hmm. it's been done that way. And right. there's a reason that there's certain people that are, that have been around as long as they have. And therefore, right. while those people's voices don't necessarily trump anyone else's voices, no matter how new they are. Right. Simultaneously, I do think that if I can put it this way, the burden of proof or the burden of yes. um, the burden of knowledge or however you want to say it mm-hmm. falls on the newer person because yes. before you go in and begin to, you know, move the furniture and before you begin to, yeah. you know, change the rearrange the pictures on the wall and things like that. It's <laughs> right. always a good idea to actually get to know the people that have been in the house that whole time before you right. start doing that, because then as you talk to them, you might find out that what they're actually talking about is rearranging that furniture. And you might be just right. the person with just the idea of how to do that, that they've been waiting for. But when you exactly. come in and just start moving it around, you suddenly have not earned the trust or earned the relationship. Yeah. And you simultaneously, even though you might be right, you've simultaneously mm-hmm. cut off further communication with those people yeah. who have been established in that group. So, yeah, I I think there is a balance and and I'm not exactly sure where Mm -hmm. it's at, but right. I I think that, um, I think that there does have to be a level of respect 
and a level. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that one thing I do want to say is that one thing we did see in the group uh, a number of times when we first created mm-hmm. the Facebook group and made it a closed group, we didn't mm-hmm. realize at first that Facebook was advertising us to all of these right. people who didn't know a thing about us. And so we had all yeah. sorts of people joining from all over the map who didn't have any ideas right. about us. One thing that bothered both you and I a number of times was when individuals would come in and they would mm-hmm. immediately begin picking apart yes. conversations before a, yep. they ever introduced themselves and B before they ever actually yeah. took the time to read through either an introductory post that maybe you and I had done right before maybe yeah. they'd listened to a podcast or maybe before they'd even just read the rest of the comments on a particular thread. Right. Um, exactly. That they would begin to jump exactly. in and pick, pick people apart and, and dissect yeah. and, and all of these things and really come in with an antagonistic attitude. Yes. So I, I guess that's the thing is when you first walk into a house, it's always a good idea to take your shoes off, to sit and mm-hmm. kind of get the vibe of the conversation before yeah. you begin to take over. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. And I, I think, you know, moving forward, um, first of all, I, I think, and I hope I say this correctly, right, because I, I think this is what we've decided we're going to do, is we're actually going to create a new Facebook group that's going to be secret from the get-go. And you, anybody that wants to be part of that can just message me or Ray to be added to it um, in the same way that you've had to message us to get added to the group now because it's secret. But we're just going to kind of start this fresh. This is, you know, the whole reboot. And we are going to just ask that people who want to join the group get to know the podcast a little bit and get to know us. Not There's not going to be a lot of required reading or there's not going to be an entrance exam or anything like that. But we just want to know that people that are coming into the living room know what house they're coming into, know the vibe, like you said, get familiar with that. And I think probably this episode is going to be something that we're going to point to people, point people to a lot, Ray, in saying, if you want to know what Beyond the Box is about, this is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. This is how you can hear our heart. You can hear what we're about. Um, I, I feel like we've covered a lot of really good ground in this episode. I think Ray, so, too. In, in just kind of clearing up some misconceptions, maybe. Um, because one of the things that I think has has been kind of puzzling to me is that people have somehow thought that we are resistant to other beliefs or we're resistant to, um, you know, people expressing things that we disagree with, that somehow it's okay for us to diagnose the problems of the institutional church. But if somebody disagrees with us, that's not okay. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Really the bottom line for us. And, and yes, we define this in terms of Jesus because that's, that's where we've received the revelation of God. But the the bottom line is what Jesus taught and modeled, which is this love and respect and self-sacrificing, um, looking at the other as more important. That those, those uh, like I said, core values are really what we're about. And if you, if you have a different philosophy or theology, or don't even feel like you have a theology that does not exclude you from this community. Absolutely. Oh, but Steve, if you're from, if you're not willing, yeah, go ahead. From the beginning, from the beginning of this podcast, 
We have mm-hmm. had people, we've had atheists that were part of our community from the mm-hmm. get-go, from the inception that's of right. our podcast. And that's right. it has never been, that's never been an issue for us. It's that's never, never been, been issue, a problem. No. I mean, I, I think an atheist is probably about as far away from me theologically <laughs> as any yeah. person could be. And yet I've found so much common ground with people who would self-identify as, as atheists and have had right. so much good fellowship with those people. Yes. Um, and yeah. I would call it that, you know, intentionally that I've had yep. so much good fellowship with those people. So it mm-hmm. really isn't about, you know, I, I'm, we're very, we're very vocal about what we believe. And, and you and I, yeah. you know, have always been that way with each other. And I feel like we've always tried to be that right. way with the podcast, but right. simultaneously, that doesn't mean that we're going to ostracize anyone else that doesn't hold to that belief. However, exactly. however, comma, let me say, <laughs> let me say that, um, in saying that we expect other people to respect that same parameter in your conversations with others. And, and yes. once again, think about what you're saying. Are you saying what you're saying because you're trying to proselytize someone to your side or right. because it can add to the conversation and you feel like it could really contribute to, to the yeah. journey that they're on. Because if it's just mm-hmm. a matter of, um, you know, evangelism or proselytization or, or whatever, then you might be yeah. in the wrong group. Um, yeah, please just move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, we welcome, we welcome dialogue and conversation and we are passionate. Yeah. We're heated when it comes to, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm passionate about what I believe. I'm passionate about Jesus. Right. I'm passionate right. about, you know, for myself talking about, you know, who Jesus is and the revelation of God in Jesus. Um, but mm-hmm. simultaneously, I don't want that, that passion to be mistaken for me trying to cram something down someone's throat because that's not what right. I'm about. Um, right. And, and I, you know, I want to be, I, I want people to understand that when you walk into the living room, we ask that you mm-hmm. get to know people and we ask that you contribute to the conversations, but not that you take them over and try and steer them so that they right. become like you. Yes. If you exactly. think that we've that's, not, that's the best way to say it. If you think that we've not evolved enough spiritually yet, that's fine to think that it's fine to mm-hmm. think that maybe we're not as far as you are on your journey. I, you might be yeah. right. You very well could be right. Right. Exactly. But yeah. please tread lightly and, and yeah. uh, please recognize that, you know, we, we all are passionate about what we believe and we didn't, we didn't come to these beliefs because, uh, you know, someone with a strong personality told it to us. It, it's right. come through hours and years and wrestling yeah. and all of these things mm-hmm. uh, with those ideas. And so when yeah. you, when you come to us, please respect that. Some people that are yes. in the community might have just the, 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 the faith that they embrace or the non faith that they embrace might be something mm-hmm. that they've come across recently. Um, mm-hmm. Or you might be interacting with someone who has, been in the place that they've been for decades, as far as a certain core belief to them. Um, those people both deserve the same amount of respect and those people, and and neither of those people are asking to be proselytized. Right. But all of us are wanting to have your voice added to the conversation. 
And if you want conversation yeah. partners, you've come to the right place. Exactly. It's a great place for that. You know, and I, I continually keep reminding myself, Ray, and I want to remind others that we we are all on a journey, but the journey really is different for everybody. And, you know, I, I think just to, to use a couple examples, um, Don Griffin, who's a, a great contributor to the group, Don went from fundamental evangelical Christianity all the way, I think he went all the way to atheism for a while, or at least agnosticism. He was very, very unsure. He has since returned back to a very um, fairly orthodox faith. And, uh, and he, I mean, I'm not telling any stories about Don. He's shared this story many times in the, the group. He's at a place right now where he's very content and very happy to embrace um, the, the uniqueness of Jesus, the revelation of the Father in Jesus, etc. So Don's journey has taken him one direction. Um, other people have gone to atheism and have stayed there, and that's part of their journey. And they may someday circle back around or they may not. Um, another example I think of is Gordon Savage, who I've come to really love and respect. Mm-hmm. Gordon had, uh, took a similar journey and ended up in, Romo- in Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I can never even imagine myself becoming a Roman Catholic, and yet I find myself just respecting so much where Gordon's at because he's wrestled through things, and he's gone to places in his journey where it has caused him to go that direction. I don't think he ever thought he'd end up a Roman Catholic either because uh, he didn't start out there. Uh, Brad Jerzak, our good friend and, and friend of the podcast, is Eastern Orthodox. He mm-hmm. made that journey. Um, you know, you and I both have been uh, accused of being closet Eastern Orthodox <laughs> for a while. Um, but, you know, I, I love talking to Brad about his journey. I don't understand the journey that he's taken in the sense that I can't picture myself taking the same journey. But when I listen to Brad talk about that journey, it it makes sense. You know, yeah. I, I understand why he's there. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about being on a journey, and I think the tendency sometimes is to think I need to, to help people move along to where I'm at. And that's the wrong way to look at it because they may actually be on a different path. Now, you and I are pretty passionate about the fact that we don't we don't preach universalism in the sense that every path leads to God um, completely independent of every other path. But you and I do believe in ultimate reconciliation that ultimately— everybody's going to come to a a reconciliation with the Father. And so we we have a certain amount of Christian belief in that. So some label it Christian universalism. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously we have some of those foundational beliefs where we're at right now. But how people get to that, I think there's a lot of options, and I think there's a lot of different paths that people can take. So you know, another good example of, of somebody I've come to really love and respect in the group is Mark Stone. Mark and I have had numerous discussions related to Trinitarianism. Uh, people who have been involved with this podcast for a while, it's no secret to them that I raise a lot of questions about Trinitarianism. I don't deny the Trinity. I'm not. That, that's not the point that I make. But I do have a lot of questions about the doctrine and how it was derived and all that kind of stuff. Mark is on the other side of the coin. He's very strong right now in his Trinitarianism and doesn't really want to question that. But he and I have some great discussions back and forth. But there's always this respect and this Mm -hmm. um, genuine graciousness toward each other to say, 
I'm not there. I, I, I actually disagree with you about that, but it's okay because that's your journey and I don't have to convince you that I'm right. I don't have to, to be convinced by you that I'm wrong. You know, we can discuss this stuff and gradually as we discuss those things, like with Gordon and Brad, it has helped me actually gain a fresh um, understanding of institutional church for other people mm-hmm. to say, okay, I can understand why that person wants to go to church or mass. I can understand why that person finds comfort in that or why that actually refreshes their faith. Whereas for you and I, it was more toxic. You know, I get that now. I'm starting to realize, okay, it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. Um, And at the same time, they're able to listen to us. You know, Brad and I had a great conversation one time where he just, he sat and listened to me explain why I left the church. Mm -hmm. And I articulated things to him that he hadn't thought about or that he had never really heard before. And so it gave him a fresh appreciation for guys like us. That's that's what this is about, I mm-hmm. think, is that's what community is. Not that we become homogenous, not that we become all little clones of each other. This isn't the Borg. We're not just going to assimilate people into beyond the box. But at the same time, there is a a growing respect and love that allows for that difference to be there without it being a challenge of who's right and who's wrong. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I think what you're saying is it all comes down to empathy that we're willing to, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're looking yeah. at other people's journeys. We're trying to enter into those journeys. We're trying to travel with them. And while we might not agree yeah. with them, we're trying to respect their journey and, and, and yep. contribute to it and realize that yeah. there is no hierarchy here, that there is no, right. that this, this is not a tiered system of, of religion that, that we yeah. just simply are, you know, I, I feel like in many ways, what we want to do is we want to be a watering hole for weary travelers and just say, yeah, I like that. You I know, like that. come to the watering hole. We'll drink together. Mm-hmm. We'll talk. We might go separate ways once we're done, Yep. but yep. we, we can have a genuine mutual admiration and conversation with each other that can yeah. hopefully contribute to both of our lives and make and make us both better on our path. Right. Ray, that's a great place to just wrap this up because I I think that sums up uh, very well what we're and, about. And, and let me just say, Steve, say. for the 75% yeah. of the listeners out there who aren't part of the group, I really mm-hmm. hope that, that they can take this and apply it to the communities that they're involved in. Yeah. Because I yeah, think that, yeah. I think this is a universal, um, while this is, you know, we have a unique circumstance that, that we're particularly talking about. I think there's a universal mm-hmm. application for the principles that we're oh, talking about so in this too. episode, that whatever relationship or community that you're involved in, that these mm-hmm. are principles that you can apply and, 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 you know, things that you can take into your everyday life that hopefully will benefit you and serve to, to bear fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So, uh, Ray, we're going to go ahead and set up a new group and we'll also post about that in the old group. And, uh, those of you that have listened to this episode and feel like, yeah, this is something I still want to be a part of. Um, please come join us. I'll tell you what we should do, Steve. We'll we'll post the yeah. podcast on our Beyond the Box Facebook page, just like we normally uh-huh. do. 
And if you find yourself wanting to be a part of that group, just go, go to the comment section of that post and just put, Mm -hmm. please invite me to the group and we'll make sure you get in. Yep. And the way Facebook works is it will require you to friend one of us. Uh, We can send you a friend request or you can send us a friend request and uh, just let us know that you want to join the group. You don't have to stay friends with us on Facebook if you don't want to. Once we let you in the group, if, if you don't really want to be that closely tied to us, that's fine. But um, that's just a limitation on Facebook. That's how we have to get you in the group. I don't think that we can add somebody if they're not already on our friend list. But um, at any rate, yeah, just if you want to comment there or send us a message through the Beyond the Box page or look one of us up um, on Facebook, um and I think both of our profiles are public enough that you should be able to find us um, and send us a, a message and say, hey, I'd like to be added to the group. And uh, we'll probably just check with you and, and make sure that you've you've kind of gotten a feel who we are. But uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think that uh, that this is going to make sense as we go forward because it's uh, it's just going to flow very naturally out of this uh, podcast. Yeah, and if you and if you don't want to be part of the group, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't want anything to do with Facebook, and I totally understand mm-hmm. that. You know, please uh, shoot us shoot us an email, um, comment on the website. You know, hit mm-hmm. us hit us up with a with a phone comment by using our toll free number. You know, we'd love yep. to. We just love to hear from you, even if it's just uh, you know a quick comment that you want to make um, on yeah. on the phone. You want to call us and just for thirty seconds, just tell us something that is resonating with you or, or maybe an idea yeah. for a future podcast or maybe a place mm-hmm. where you're going, gosh, I just can't track with you guys on this, but I'd love to, you know, yeah. hear you hash this out. You know, we, we just love to hear from you. It really encourages us. Um, you know, we, we set up these, we set up these mics and we sit behind them and we talk to each other and we have a good time, whether you're listening or not, but right. <laughs> it really is. It really is an encouragement to us when we hear from people and hear how this podcast is is ministering to you guys. Um, yeah, it, it really does give us a boost because there's there's times where, you know, you can get discouraged, and there's times where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the going can get tough, and um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a word of encouragement every now and then, is there, Steve? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know, one of the, as we've been talking a lot about community, Ray, and obviously we've been dealing mostly with virtual community in this conversation. But um, one of the things that you and I are both really excited about is is that this fall, uh, in yeah. October of, of 2014, we're going to actually have our first in person Beyond the Box get together in Nashville, Tennessee. Whoop, and, whoop. Um, if you are are not already aware of that, um, please make a note. Ray, do you remember the exact dates you know, on the top if of your you, head? If you can, uh, if you can keep burning tape here for two seconds, my computer's yeah, sure. moving slow. I'm, I was trying to be okay. ahead of you here, but my browser is going super duper slow for some reason. So yeah, I just I I forget the exact dates off the top of my head. I know it's in the middle of October. It's somewhere around like the sixteenth to the nineteenth. But um, and we're still working out the details of exactly where that's going to be and what the schedule is going to be like. But we're super excited about that. I'm going to be driving my motorhome back to that part of the country so that me and my Here family can be there. And o- um, October sixteenth through the nineteenth. That's it. Okay, I was I was right. October sixteenth to the nineteenth, twenty fourteen. Um, in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you're interested in being a part of that, please let us know. You can either uh, message us or email us or call us and let us know you're interested in that. Uh, Some of you on Facebook have already told us that you're planning on being there. And as we get more details about how that's all going to play out, we'll let you all know. 
Um, but we're really excited about that. I think, Ray, what, what I'm seeing is that there's there's sort of this evolution of um, our theories and our experience as we moved from private conversation to recorded conversation to uh, comments on a website to eventually a, an online group and forum and now an in-person gathering. It's just really exciting to see yeah. this growing and playing out. I don't mean growing numerically. I mean just growing in terms of our experience and um, really fleshing out the ideas and the ideals that we have become passionate about and seeing what that looks like and seeing what that uh, what that experience plays out to be. And, and sometimes, like in the case of this uh, episode, it requires a reboot. And, you know, someday there may be a beyond-the-box version 3.0. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we're just, we're in, in one sense, we're making this up as we go along. But I think uh, a better way to put it would be that we're just really trying to follow our hearts and yeah. follow the, the convictions that we have of what has been revealed to us. And um, we're so, so thankful for those of you that have been on this journey with us, those of you that are just now coming along on the journey with us. Um, the, the community aspect of this, while it has caused us to have to rethink some things and reevaluate some things, I see that ultimately as a very positive experience because Absolutely. we are we are taking this from the ivory tower and the theoretical into the real world. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about that, Ray. And I'm I, so glad to be on this journey with you. I, I feel 110% the same way, Steve. I'm just very thankful primarily for our relationship. We'd keep doing this even if no one yeah. was listening. But um, Absolutely. But, you know, so thankful for so many of you out there. We've grown so close to so many of you out there and and have been mm-hmm. so encouraged for a number of years now by so many of you and have really grown and changed and evolved in our faith as a result, mm-hmm. as a direct result of your input. And so yeah, that's been huge for us. I, I just want to say, um, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm jumping backwards a little bit, but, um, <laughs> in, in talking about the event this fall, you know, it's going to be an inaugural type thing for us a first time. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're still <laughs> trying to fill our way around, but the more of you, if it is something that you're interested in, if you can only come for a single day or whether you're going to be here all four yeah. days, um, if you'll just please let us know, it really will help us kind of uh, mm-hmm. be be able to better plan the kind of events that we're going to do. Right. I think we've got some really cool stuff in store, um, Some some yeah. hopefully some good speakers, some, uh, when I say speakers, beyond the box variety speakers, the kind where... They uh, they might give a monologue for an hour, but they're going to do at least another hour of conversations on on the same topic. So uh, lots of conversation, good speakers, uh, some fun, some fun things that we've got planned. Um, I think it's going to be a really good time. But the quicker that we can find out uh, if you're coming or not, the quicker we'll know. At this point, there's there's no admission price. There's no ticket price or however you want to say it. It's just simply right. a matter of uh, you paying to get here, you paying your lodging while you're here, and you paying for your food while you're here. So um, mm-hmm. there, it's possible that we might have to amend that if we have to get a bigger venue yeah. to accommodate people. Um, we might we're have, gonna try very hard not to. We're gonna yeah. try very hard not to. If if we uh, you know if at the end of the day if we have to get a bigger venue, then basically what would happen is we would just be splitting up the cost however many ways. Yep. With everyone that's coming, it wouldn't be a matter of us pocketing absolutely anything. If 
This this no, event. No, no. I'm glad you brought that up. This event I, I will make cost that clear us too. That we're not profiting from this. Yeah. The, if anything, this event is going to cost you and I, Steve. It's not going to be something yeah. that that we're going to in any way make any money off of. So, well, um, shoot, I'm driving my motor home across the country exactly, to be there. So <laughs> exactly. That's that costs exactly a few thousand dollars right there. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. If anything, so you know, we just we would love to we'd love to get together with you in person and. And yeah. uh, just see what God does. I mean, we, who knows, yep. who knows what'll happen, but just wanted to throw that out there. We, if you, you know, if you want to yeah. give us a call, if you want to make a comment, if you are on Facebook, yep. um, we'll have a, we'll have a survey on our new group page to allow yeah. people to answer, to see, uh, you know, if you're going to come or not, that's a good way of us kind of getting a tally ahead of time. Um, right. But anyway, love this community, love what it's about and any way that you participate and can be involved in it, we're thankful for and uh, just encourage it. So, Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening and for being along with us. And uh, we'll see you again very soon on Beyond the Box. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Box. We would love to connect with you online, and we have several ways for you to add your voice to the Beyond the Box community. To join our Facebook group, visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash BTB podcast discussion. This group is a safe place to talk about your journey and to think through your walk with God. While you're there, you can like our Facebook page to receive updates on new podcasts and happenings at facebook.com slash beyond the box. You can also visit our website, beyondtheboxpodcast.com, where you can hear all of our previous podcast discussions, submit ideas for future episodes, check out our blog, and even call us to leave your audio comment or idea. Look for the Call Me widget on the right-hand side of the screen where you can enter your name and phone number to have our answering machine call you, or you can call us directly at 626-24-NO-BOX. That's 626-246-6269. However you choose to connect with us, we just hope you do. You are a welcome part of the community that is... Beyond the Box. 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 Beyond the Box.